Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Football Fignuts podcast. This is the third episode of season five, the 197th episode overall. My name is Britt. I'm Craig. And Craig, you know what I was thinking to myself this this afternoon mm-hmm. as I'm running the numbers through my head on how many damn episodes we've done? Mm-hmm. Do you remember about 100 episodes <laughs> ago we made an endeavor to try and find uh, – a player in the Hall of Fame with every number for every episode. Yes, it was I like that. three seasons ago, and mm-hmm. it's I I I I can't say this. I'm not a hundred percent on this, but I'm pretty sure that there is no player who's ever worn 197 in the NFL. Uh, I'm gonna go with no on that one. Which, remi- which reminds me, there was a, g- a great story. Quick, quick, quick story before we get anywhere near wide receiver extravaganza coming up. There was a legendary story. Oh, my God. What was the name of that broadcaster who did yeah. all the college games? Oh, my God. I'm going to have to look it up. But there's a, I, I have a funny story. I'm already killing my own story. So let's just <laughs> jump into what we're drinking right now, and I'll come back to it. All right. Let's start where we always start. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, so tonight I have this, this brown liquid called unsweetened black tea. Because oh. because it's Monday and it totally threw me off. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We're okay. Yeah. So folks, this episode is also being recorded a couple of days early because of scheduling conflicts on our end. So normally we record on a Wednesday, we release on a Thursday. We're recording on a Monday. So anybody we talk about like gets injured or retires <laughs> or gets traded in the next forty eight hours. I'm sorry, it's just a scheduling conflict. We had to do this a little earlier. So I'm thinking of Keith Jackson. There you go. Remember Keith Jackson, yep. who would call the college football games with that clear, monotone Southern voice. Mm-hmm. Yep. He used to do the Rose Bowl every year, and he used to do a lot of them with Dan Fouts. <laughs> and there's a legend. I have never been able to find the tape on this. So if anyone has the tape on this to confirm this story is accurate, I want to see it. But there is by legend. There was a kickoff. No, it was an interception by number seven of whatever like Big Ten team was playing that was returned for a touchdown. Okay. And then on the ensuing kickoff, number seven for the Pac-10 team ran that back for a touchdown. So it was back-to-back plays for each team with touchdowns, and they were both converted by a guy wearing number seven or something like that. <laughs> and by legend, Keith Jackson went, and that is the first time in Rose Bowl history that back-to-back plays have been executed for touchdowns by men wearing the same number. <laughs> and Dan Fouts went, I- is that true? <laughs> like, like because he just came, it came out of nowhere. Keith Jackson literally finishes calling the touchdown and throws that out there. And so, like, Dan Fouts is stunned, like, were you planning this? Like, did you get up this morning and, and check that fact some reason somehow? And Keith Jackson, without skipping a beat, reportedly went, I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and they moved on. So today, my theme is I'm not positive, but I'm Perfect. pretty sure. <laughs> nice. I'm nice. not positive that nobody wore 197. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. And I was just complaining to to Craig off. I almost called him Keith because I still got Keith Jackson up on my screen. Let's take him down so I don't call Craig <laughs> Keith. I was just complaining to Craig that my week at work looks like it is going to be the longest five days of my professional career. 
Let nice. me tell you something about my career. I've been in the field of human services now for 22 years. Wow. I have had, yeah, I know, right? I'm getting freaking old. I have, I have had weeks where I spent time in three different states in order to get things done. I have had time where I worked 80 hours. I can remember a time where one time I slept in my office because it was better to do that for three hours than go home, sleep, and come back three hours later. Hmm. And yet I am looking at this week and I'm like, I don't know how I'm surviving this week. <laughs> so I am drinking a beer tonight. Oh, what do you have? There we go. I hope that caught. I have a can of a beer from Tribus. Nice. Simply called Two. Oh. Two is their second anniversary ale. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a double IPA, 8.5%. It'll be the only beer I'm drinking tonight. I had it last Friday at the brewery. Fantastic stuff. So I, I, I remember just drinking it and saying, do you have this to go? And they were like, oh, yeah, we've got this and one. I'm like, you've got the first anniversary ale, too? Give me a four-pack of each. $120 later. <laughs> but, yeah. I did it. And I only brought back two four packs. We just were having a good time. We took, um, we took our uh, contributor, Sean out, my wife and I, he had a total of three beers over the course of just under three hours. Okay. So about a beer an hour, right? Right. And I, he's got good alcohol tolerance, but I always, I always test and make him walk to the bathroom. I make sure that he's not drunk before I let him leave whenever we Mm -hmm. do stuff like this. He was fine. Let me just tell you, 100% fine. I had no problems with him, with, with verifying his sobriety. He was 100% fine. He goes home, he sits down on the couch, and 30 minutes later, his wife is, t- is texting me pictures of him with the caption, how many beers did he drink? Because he is passed out. <laughs> it's like 8 o'clock on a Friday night, and he's snoozing in his chair. You know, maybe, you know, he is moving. Maybe the bear was just like a stress relief and he He's got home old. and passed out. That's it. He's just old and tired. <laughs> the beer, I, I will go to my grave telling you the beer did not contribute to this at all. He was just an old, tired man. And yes, he's in the middle <laughs> of a move and that's a huge part of it. So, all right, let's get to work. we got the wide receiver rankings to do. Let's start with uh, Burning Hot Takes. <laughs> I will receive... All right, so the big news happens happened today. Aaron Rodgers is expected to report to camp. Now, my, I'm just going to ask one question tonight because it's got two parts. Okay. First off, let's talk about the Aaron Rodgers return. How does this change things for you? So let me let me go back to our quarterback rankings from two weeks ago. We had Aaron Rodgers at a composite of number seven. Mm-hmm. I had him at the at, at the seventh best. Craig had him at number five. Craig, you had Aaron Rodgers already slated for number five. Does your ranking change at all based on the news today that Aaron Rodgers is likely to play? Uh, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. It, it it may pop him up to four, but probably not above that. At, that would pass Lamar on your list. I would because I feel like this is definitely going to be his last year in Green Bay. Green Bay, I oh, no think. Question. And this is going to be a basically a talent show for what he has left in the tank. Yes. Oh, yeah. He definitely thinks he can play somewhere else. He thinks he mm-hmm. he, he thinks he can out Brady Brady. So mm-hmm. that's what he's going to try and do. I had him at seven. I definitely think it moves him up at least two spots. It moves him up into my five spot at a minimum. 
uh, might even move him up into the top four. Um, so part two of the question is this, very simply this. There are supposedly, there, and this is nothing official has been said yet. This mm-hmm. is all people talking to people who know Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> okay. And when you get that, it's not a source, it's multiple sources. Now, when that shit happens, that means to me the player is coordinating this leak. Mm-hmm. When Makes you hear, sense. oh, one person close to Aaron Rodgers says this, okay, that's a possibly a leak. When he says, oh, people close to Rodgers or people we've spoken to, people plural, that means Aaron Rodgers called six or seven of his buds and go, all right, <laughs> call, call your media guys because I know you're all on the take. Here's, here's the official party line, which is genius because if you're getting paid by a, a sports reporter to, to give him tips because you're close to Aaron Rodgers, this is the best of both worlds. Aaron Rodgers don't care what you say in this situation, and you know you're going to get paid for this tip. So everybody wins, right? Yeah. One of the things that's coming out, two potential conditions have emerged. Okay. One, he wants to be out of his contract this year. He wants the contract reworked so that he walks away completely unattached from the Packers this year. Mm-hmm. And number two, the other reason, the other rumor is that he is stipulating Randall Cobb has to be on the team. Wow. Randall Cobb is currently a Texan. That's sad. He should go be a Packer again. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So this, so a couple of, so the impressions I want from you is number one, will the Packers make a move for Cobb? Two, do you think Rogers actually made that demand? And three, if you're the Texans, you've got to not fuck this up, right? So start with the first one. Do you think he actually made this demand? Hmm. You know, with the way everything has been going, it would not surprise me. And also, too, it's it's well, I mean, it's a receiver he knows. I don't know how he trusts the people who are like the third or fourth receiver other than the law office. But he 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 drops passes, too. That's that's a great point. I mean, he really just feels like he's got one receiver. Right. He really does. And 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 Tanyan's good, but. I don't know. He's he's never trusted tight ends. He's never trusted tight ends. Jimmy Graham, the year he went to the Packers, his starting lineup figure should have been a guy with his hand in the air calling for the ball. Mm-hmm. Because that's how he, he never threw. Well, Jimmy Graham got all. Half of the reason Jimmy Graham flamed out in Green Bay was because Rodgers didn't want to throw to him. Rodgers likes to go deep. You know, that's that's the biggest difference with and I'm going to give some praise to my buddy Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes don't care where you are. If you're going to get him 10 yards, you're going to get the ball. Right. And that's yep. what he knows what he can do, because you know what Travis Kelsey does? The only thing Travis Kelsey does better than fall forward is <laughs> catch the ball. Oh, I thought you were going to say get flagged for that. That's his third best skill. <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> his third best skill. But like he sees Kelsey making a cut eight yards into a 10 yard into a play where he needs 10. He sees Kelsey make the cut in front of the defender. He's like, Oh yeah, that's a first down because he knows Kelsey's either a going to break that tackle or B he's going to fall forward. He's become a master of getting away from people and then saying, Oh man, I can't get out of this guy's grasp. I'm just fall over and Mm -hmm. fall the right way. That's Mm -hmm. but, but Rogers doesn't have that faith. 
in anybody. So yeah, he's always going to go really, downfield. It's really just Adams, and people are just going to yeah. triple team him. So, so we think it's possible he made this demand, especially since Brady did it. Um, yes. Do the Packers do it? Part two of the question. Mm, I mean, what would it cost to get Randall Cobb back? It cannot be much. Well, I mean, now all of a sudden the price, <laughs> the price is whatever someone's willing to pay. You know, I mean, I go back, I tell this story. I, I don't think I've ever told it on here, but I've t- I told it years ago. We used to play uh, um, a CCG called Star Trek CCG. It was a, a tabletop card game. Craig will remember it. I, I have very fond memories of it in the 90s. We wandered into, my brother and I, one day, wandered into a comic book store. Oh, and yeah, saw I the, this. <laughs> the packs there. Yeah, Craig knows his story. We saw the packs there. Normally, the packs ran $2.50 to $3 a pack, roughly, back in the 90s. And he's got them on the counter for $1.50. That's like literally half the price. And I went... I looked at the guy and it was like dollar fifty a pack, and he goes, "Yeah, nobody ever buys them." So I literally picked up ten. <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, do you play?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we love this game. A couple of my buddies now they know you guys have them. I'll send people your way." And dollar fifty is a great price. He goes, "That's a great price." I'm like, "Yeah, it's a great price." <laughs> uh, so then we told one of our, a couple of our friends, including Craig, cheap cards here. We went up two days later; they were up to three dollars a pack. Because we had opened our damn mouth and mm-hmm. told this guy he was he was giving away the store. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what Aaron Rodgers has done with these leaks. The Texans now sit there and have taken the free to a good home sign off of Randall Cobb and put up a sign that says best offer. <laughs> because they think but so so they think they can make hay here, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the problem. The Texans are still the Texans. Yeah, and they're still a mess. They're gonna Name be... the last Texans trade you had confidence in the way it went down. Uh, yes. I can't think of a single one. <clears throat> Don't know. I'd have to go back to like the Houston Oilers, I think. <laughs> so, all right, so now you have a situation where you've got a quarterback who may be making this demand, a team that might be willing to concede to it, and then another team that might sit there and go, you want you want Randall Cobb? It's going to cost you Patrick Mahomes and a first rounder. Well, we don't have Patrick Mahomes. Well, that's not my problem. That's the conversation that could potentially happen because the Texans are or the Texans just sit there and go, Randall Cobb. Yeah, he's still on our, our roster. We were going to release him tomorrow, but I guess I can send him to you for like, <laughs> I don't know, fifth rounder. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they could say that. I don't know. Oh, my God. I don't How have bad faith with the Texans. Tex- how bad would the Texans look if they did that? I mean, would they look I, worse than they do now? I mean, Deshaun Watson supposedly got 10 different police reports filed against him. He's probably going on the exempt list. Maybe. I'm, con- I sh- I'm convinced that's what his his um, his agent told him, too. Listen, don't hold out. Show up. Make them put you on the exempt list. Then they have to pay you. Hmm. He gets what he wants. He doesn't have to play for the Texans. He still gets paid. Now, he's also battling sexual assault and sexual misconduct charges that have been filed with the police. Fair enough. But if you know you're innocent and you know this is the policy, then you show up for the first day and make the commissioner put you on the exempt list. Right, which he's not there now, currently. But he's going to be. 
Oh, and I guarantee if he thinks he's getting put on the exempt list, he's there five minutes later. He's like in a ca- he's in a cab. If he thinks he's going to the exempt list, he's in a cab now. <laughs> no question in my mind. And I'm not saying he didn't do it. I'm just saying if you know you did or didn't do a thing and you know your best interest, if he if he if he 100 percent was positive, he was in trouble here. He would have shown up on day one. Well, he was there Sunday. I don't know when their camp. That's started. all. That, do you know what? If he was, I think camps officially opened on Monday. So if he showed up on Sunday, that says to me he thinks he's in trouble. He thinks the suspension is coming. He knows he's in trouble, and he's getting in there as soon as he can, so he makes sure he doesn't lose any money. All right. Anyway, I've taken up twenty minutes with just the Aaron Rodgers chatter. What have you got for me today? Uh, well, my question, ironically enough, was about a quarterback in for the Texans named Deshaun Watson. So let's go off on that. Where are you going? Well, like I just said, he just reported to camp on Sunday, but there are new rumors, I suppose you want to say, uh, that the Texans are now willing again to listen to offers for Deshaun. Do you think, and the rumor of what they would want is three first round draft picks. Do you think any team does that? Do the Packers and the Texans make some wild, crazy deal for oh the Packers to get tr- Watson and Cobb? This is, this is, this is, <laughs> We're through with the looking glass, people. <laughs> if the Packers really want to screw with Aaron Rodgers mm. and they don't give a crap about their franchise, <laughs> then that trade is every number one pick they can muster and Devontae Adams <laughs> for Watson and Cobb. <laughs> It won't happen. For, I'm no, not, no, no. Okay. Somebody out there is going to slice that sound bite and be like, oh, listen to these assholes because look at this terrible trade they think is going to happen. Ha <laughs> ha. No. <laughs> it's happened before. It's happened before. Somebody once asked us on Twitter, what guy are you, th- what guy do you think is overrated and won't perform this year? And I said, and I literally responded, my tweet was exactly Big Ben. I just don't think they have the weapons around him to support what he needs to do. And this was when Antonio Brown left. Mm-hmm. This was before Schuster came out. This was before Deontay Johnson was there. This was even when James Conner was a nobody. Some Steeler podcaster snipped just Big Ben, he has no weapons, and put it up on the world to say and said, what's wrong with these assholes? <laughs> and it took me like six months to find it. <laughs> And when I did stumble across it, I immediately responded on his comment. That is not what we said. Here's the full tweet in its context with what we were asked. And I posted the photo and the dude was like, are you really going to bitch about a six month old tweet? And I responded to that just by saying, I didn't realize there was a time limit on slandering my words. And he took the whole tweet thread down, including the original post. And I'm like, good. Keep, I, I think I've never, I've never used the phrase, keep this out of your mouth. Keep my name out of your mouth. <laughs> keep our podcast out of your mouth, I think is what I DM that guy. I don't think, I'm he's, like, a, I'm, I don't think he's around anymore, is he? He's not. Mm. He's not. It was like Steeler Bro or something like that. It, it was bad. It was bad. I think it was like, it was like Steel Curtain Bro. And he's he's not he's not in doing anything. Well, that if if that's what you're doing, if you're clickbaiting just based on since it, what I was saying was 
Antonio Brown is gone. There's no clear number one. And you're going to the season with this James Conner guy who is really not as proven as you think he was. And in the end, he turned out to not be what you thought he was. And the end result, mm-hmm. I'm not convinced. And people were that it was like four years ago. People were like, oh, Big Ben's like a top eight quarterback. I don't know. Eh, not so much. Anyway. So Aaron Rodgers for Deshaun Watson straight up. Everybody gets what they <laughs> want, right? Yep. Done. Aaron Rodgers gets to go play with Randall Cobb. Deshaun Watson gets to go to Green Bay. Green Bay goes like 13 and three and storms through the Super Bowl. <laughs> I think. All right. So who, who's he? All right. So he's got to play. If he, if the Chiefs get back to the Super Bowl, the Chiefs actually probably would let Deshaun Watson win that game just because it would be such a giant FU to Green Bay. <laughs> um, well, not really. It would be an FU to, to Houston. But anyway. Anyway, let's get on to our rankings. I'm going to ask you how much time today, and my beer is half gone. Sad. All right, so last week was our running back rankings. This week, we reveal our wide receiver rankings. And then in about two weeks' time, the roundtable discussion happens. So you'll hear Craig and my take on it. You will hear our contributors' take in about two weeks. The consensus number one for the Fignuts podcast crew is Tyreek Hill. Consensus is not unanimous. Why? It's Craig's fault, as it was with most of the running backs. We have Tyreek Hill at one, and Craig has Devontae Adams at one. So Hill Mm. comes in at one in our rating system. Adams comes in at two. Craig, explain to me why Devontae Adams is a better fantasy receiver this year than Tyreek Hill. Uh, Because of what we mentioned earlier, um, Devontae Adams is 85% of their passing offense right now. You know, so I feel like he's he's fantasy wise, he's going to get more points throughout the year than Tyreek Hill, who has, as we said, Patrick Mahomes is going to throw through anyone that is open. Yeah, that's my. Oh, yeah. Take on there's much more. There's there are many more mouths to feed in Kansas City than there are in Green Bay. There's no questions about that. And as mentioned, the quarterbacks take different approaches. So I can understand that. We've got Hill at one, Adams at two. The number three consensus for us is Stefan Diggs. Unfortunately, there's one contributor who doesn't think Stefan Diggs is really that great and has him ranked at five. That contributor is me. <laughs> Here's why. I am still not convinced that Buffalo is the real deal. I'm not convinced Josh Allen is as good as advertised. And people are always like, look at the stats. Yeah, he's had a good year. I'm not saying they made the freaking AFC championship. They were one game away from making it to the Super Bowl. But at no point as a Chief fan, I was on the edge of my seat, but at no point as a Chief fan did I ever think the Chiefs were in jeopardy of losing that game. I don't think Buffalo is as good as everyone wants to think they are. They're a solid team, and they're in a really, really bad division. Mm -hmm. they're going to win the AFC East. Do you have any doubt in that? Mm, Percentage chance right now that the Buffalo Bills win the AFC East. Over 80%, 85%. Yeah. Yep, I'm going 85% chance. 85% any given Sunday. That's right. Any given Sunday. Stefan Diggs could steal a car with Josh Allen in it as they're smuggling drugs to Guatemala. (laughs) It's possible. Is it likely? No. 
And again, don't twist my words. I'm not saying that they're drug dealers. Please don't. <laughs> Stealer, steel curtain, bro. Just go away. But I'm what I'm saying is I just my eyeballs tell me this team is still not ready for prime time. And so I'm putting digs at five, which lowers his overall value. But consensus why we still have a number three. Our number four consensus is DeAndre Hopkins. A lot of guys are down on Hopkins this year, Craig. I don't understand why, other than the fact that he's a vaccine denier, why are people down on DeAndre Hopkins? I don't know. I think it's, excuse me, I think it's because it's tied to Kyler Murray. I think people don't have faith in him in general. We We do. I mean, we do, but other people, I think they're down on Kyler Murray, which automatically downgrades Hopkins. You know what? I'm 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 gonna do something. I'm, we're doing this in a fly. We're doing it live. All right. I'm going to Fantasy Pros. He's there. I can see his screen. Yeah, you can see it. I want to see draft rankings. I want to see. Okay, Fantasy Pros. This is the freebie site. So again, not sharing anything I, that people have to pay for. This is not a mm-hmm. violation of anything. Kyler Murray's number three. Standard overview ECR, right? When I go to wide receiver, oh, Hopkins at five. Excuse me. All right, that's not terrible. I thought I was going to find him like the eight, nine uh, variety. But okay. Still, if you've got Kyler Murray at three, I mean, in quarterback ranks, we've got Mahomes. All right, this is fantasy pros. They've got Mahomes, Allen, Murray, right? Mm-hmm. They've got Hill at one. They've got Diggs at three. And they've got Hopkins at five. I'm like, it's eh, a little low to me for the guy who's, if you think he's got the number three quarterback, but all right. So DeAndre Hopkins, number five is what fantasy pros has at number four. And that's Calvin Ridley. Yeah. He's taken over. <laughs> yeah. But is he? I mean, he's, he's going to have to, or try to at the very least. And what if he doesn't? Uh, then Kyle Pitts gets 1,800 yards receiving. I don't know. <laughs> or they're just bad, again. Now, I, that's a question we're going to have to ask Cinch when we have the roundtable, because he's big on Calvin Ridley. He, Well, he's big on the freaking Atlanta offense. Like, he is. He, all he does is talk. I, if I have to have one more conversation with Cinch. Cinch, we love you. I can't have <laughs> any more conversations about Mike Davis. <laughs> I can't. I can't. And it's funny. We were, we had beers with him Friday, too. He came in, and then he left, and then Sean arrived. It was almost like there was a shift. <laughs> like, they, one came, the other one left. It was bizarre. But I I, I always I, – I feel like every time I've talked to Sanchez – we didn't talk about Mike Davis this week, but I feel like every time we talk about players to watch, he's talking about Mike Davis. So we might have to have the Mike Davis segment during the roundtables, <laughs> just so you know. All right, so we got Calvin Ridley at five. I'm not confident on it. You know who I am? I who I do really, really, really like. Who? It's funny because I have Ridley now. I'm looking at. I have Ridley a notch higher than all of you do, and I'm you still do. not confident on Calvin Ridley. Is that where the drop off comes? Is it Hills, Adams, Diggs, Hopkins, Cliff? Yes, I think so. Is that so. the first drop off after Hills, Adams, Diggs, and Hopkins in your mind? Yeah, I mean, I feel like Jefferson is right on that edge. But, and he's the next guy. But definitely after Jefferson, there's a there's a drop. We have Ridley ahead of Jefferson. All of us have Ridley ahead of Jefferson. I'm rethinking that. 
Uh, no, you know what it is? I keep from <clears throat> you know what? I keep thinking this to myself. Jefferson might be better than Ridley. And then I remember that Kirk Cousins is the quarterback. And I remember but that's why I put Jefferson behind Ridley. So, all right. So number six, we have Justin Jefferson. Cinch really thinks this guy's going to break out. Um, his metrics last year were really, really good. I think it was like week four or five in DFS. You and I used him. He was our hot play. Mm-hmm. And it was, we had recognized that in like the first four games he'd played, two home games where the second cornerback was rated like under 3.0 out of five. And that every time it had happened, he had caught for 120 yards. Hmm. Like he'd had two really good games. He just couldn't put them back to back. But, and then he had a couple of bad games and people were like, Oh, maybe he's not that good. But then somebody did the analysis and said, if you look at a yards per uh, cornerback coverage quality, it actually depends on the cornerback that's on him. He's just a rookie who's learning his way. And Craig and I put him in lineups across the board that week, and we could have retired on the money we made that week <laughs> because it was just like, I think that was, ugh, I got to pull it up now. He had a one really amazing week, like halfway through the season, and we cashed like crazy on him because he was cheap still. Game logs, 2020, here we go. Okay, so week one, 26 yards. Week two, 44 yards. Week three, 175. Week four, 103. Week five, 23. That was it. That was where we, 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 that was it. So in week five, he pretty much lays a bomb against Seattle. He goes three for 23 and no touchdowns. Everybody's like, oh, after back-to-back 100-yard weeks, Oh, maybe the breakout isn't here. Okay, yep. only seven yards and per reception, then... <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then somebody points out that the weeks that he's been under, he's either been over 100 yards or under 50 every week of his career. He's five weeks in, and he's polar. Under 50, over 100. End of story. And people are like, uh, and then somebody's like, but he's going up against Atlanta. And Atlanta gives up points left and right to wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So Craig and I were like, all right, let's stick him in the lineup because he was cheap after the bomb. He went, Oh, yeah, he it went a, way down. It went way down. He was like $2,300 or something like that. He was way under. That next week against Atlanta, he was nine for 166 and two touchdowns. <laughs> I There's an episode of The Simpsons where Homer <clears throat> imagines being so rich that he covers himself in gold. Solid gold. Solid gold. <laughs> I That was what I felt like that week. We made that one pick. Go pull the tape. I guarantee week six DFS, pull the tape. You'll hear me say we should use Justin Jefferson. And All right, I'm going to go check. Right. Not now, but I'll check. Yeah, do do check it. Do check it. And I, I, I would love to see a full analysis on this. Okay, here, you know how many games he had between 50? He played all 16 games last year. Do you mm-hmm. know how many games he had that were less than 100 but more than 50 yards? How many? Three, four. Out of 16, he is so polar. If he is hot and he has a favorable matchup, he is going to go off. I'm just going to read down his yardage totals. 26, 44, 175, 103, 23, 166, 26, 64, 135, 86, 70, 121, 39, 104. It is so polar. It really is. It's kind of crazy. <clears throat> it is so polar. 
Now you sit there and you say, well, if it's if it's if it's the quality of the opponent, then that would matter. Well, he did play Detroit once and he got 133 yards against Detroit and he got 64 yards the other game. But you gotta remember that last game was the last game of the year that was a eight, it was a uh, 72 point shootout. <laughs> oh, that's right, it was. That was a huge scoring game. Yeah, it was 37-35 was the final. You know, I mean, he he this team scores these these score points. So that's the other lesson. If Minnesota is anything like it was last year, bet the over. Like constantly. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm looking at the scores like 77 total. There's a 39, 61, 54, 63, 63, uh, 50, 54. There's a there's the bomb. Chicago 1913. Two teams that neither one of wanted to be there. <laughs> but then the next week 28 31. That's that's uh, 60. That's 59 points. So anyway, my point is Justin Jefferson is due for a breakout. I think he's, if you can't, even if you don't, he had 1,400 yards last year. You can't say he didn't break out last year. I don't see a sophomore slump there. Number seven, we got DK Metcalf. Why I love DK Metcalf. He plays hard. He is fast as all hell. And he's got good hands and good sight. He is everything you want in a wide receiver. And the quarterback who's throwing him the ball is pretty, pretty, pretty good. The problem with Seattle is that they have a running back crew where the healthiest member has been Marshawn Lynch. Uh, that is a problem. That is a distinct you, you keep, problem. <laughs> you keep bringing him out of retirement because everyone keeps dying. Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, the, these guys can't stay healthy. I think this year you're going to see a lot more production out of DK Metcalf. Now, you did not rank DK Metcalf high. I did not. I want to hear about that. Why are you down? You have him outside the top 10 wideouts. You're the only contributor to have him outside the top 10 wideouts. Why are you down on DK? Uh, same thing in the running back. And I feel like the drama that, ha- that has happened with Seattle in the offseason. I don't know. I feel like that team is is breaking apart like an iceberg. And I really don't know what to expect out of this season. Um, also, too... I did rank Michael Thomas pretty high, but now he may miss most of the season, so that would adjust my numbers a bit. Yeah, yeah, obviously, obviously. At right, number eight, we have AJ Brown, another person Craig is not big on. I have him at ninth myself, but consensus we have him at eighth. I just, I again, Tennessee and Buffalo. Tennessee was in the AFC Championships two years ago. They looked unst- Everybody came out of that game saying, man, they are really going to contend next year. And they just really didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tennessee just kind of wandered into the playoffs and then promptly laid down and took a nap. <laughs> I, it, thoughts on A.J. Brown? Uh, now Julio's there. It's the same quarterback. I I don't know. I don't know. As Humpty Hump once wrote. <clears throat> All around the world, it's the same song. Uh, there you go. Your Humpty Hump reference for this week. <laughs> he died this year. He did. Oh my Sadly. God, that was that was terrible. The world's a darker place without Humpty Hump. I'm just saying it. Number nine is the best receiver in the AFC West, <laughs> hands down, according to his Twitter feed. It's Keenan Allen. Yeah, that's right, guys. Never forget. About a year ago, Keenan Allen tweeted and tagged several players to say he was the fastest player in the division. And then it just went, went away. <laughs> and then somebody, somebody reminded him he played for the chargers. 
and that his quarterback has to be done by nine so his mom can pick him up. <laughs> so we have Keenan Allen at nine. I have Allen at 13, but I am so biased, it's not even funny. And I'm not going to lie about it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about it. I'm not going to apologize for it. Keenan Allen is overrated, in my opinion. Number 10 is Allen Robertson. Allen Robinson. Robertson? There you go. Who the hell is Allen Robertson? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Allen Robinson is, or A-Rob, as some people like to call him, is number 10. I'm pretty high on A-Rob. So are you. You know who's not high on A-Rob? Who? Sean. And he's a and Bears fan. And that's shocking fan. because he's a Bears fan. It's almost like Sean has entered some sort of cyclical depression <laughs> where like, he just feels like, you know, I'm, I, I don't even, why? Do I, do I have to watch this? Why? Why? So we have A-Rob at 10. So recapping our top 10, we've got Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams at 2, Stefan Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, and then Calvin Ridley rounds out the top five. Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Keenan Allen, and Allen Robertson. Allen, I did it again. <laughs> Allen Robinson is our top 10. Number 11 was Michael Thomas. Uh, and now what's the latest he... on him, Craig? What are you hearing? Uh, the last thing I read, he may be out till week 13. It's that bad? <clears throat> Apparently. Yes. Oh, I hadn't read that. Okay. Well, but I mean, you know, that, that may change, but that's the last thing so, I saw. So you're looking at this list right now with me. Mm-hmm. On the fly, give him a new number. Like, just, does he drop past their next guy, which is Amari Cooper? I mean, if he's going to be out that long, he'd go towards the bottom. We're talking, like, what, like, uh, around here-ish? Yeah, pretty Maybe much. Maybe even further. Okay, so we had Michael Thomas at 11. Keep an eye on the injury news with Michael Thomas. If Michael Thomas is going to be out, that he becomes a late-round flyer. If he actually is, if the reports turn out to be wrong, then he's, he's, in, the, he's in the top 12. Number 12, we have Amari Cooper. Why? I don't know. Somebody <laughs> has to catch a ball in, in Dallas. Do they? Well, I guess they do. I guess they do. All right, 12 and Amari Cooper. Moving on to number 13, which is Terry McLaurin. I actually have McLaurin ahead of Cooper. And you know why? Why? Because who is the quarterback? It's the magic man. It's the magic man. <laughs> Terry McLaurin is a bit of a hard worker, in my opinion. He fights, fights and finds ways to get open. He doesn't seem to give up on plays. And those are the guys that magic finds. That is true. The guys who have a nose for the ball, he tends to zero in on. So I have McLaurin at 13. Craig has him all the way down at 17. How can you rate Terry McLaurin so low when you love Ryan Fitzpatrick so much? Uh, Because I'm concerned about Washington's offense in general, not Fitzpatrick per se, but their offense is a cohesive unit. But look at the screen. Look where you ranked Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I know. I know. You have Fitzpatrick at 16, and you have his best wide receiver <clears throat> at freaking uh, at 17. Okay, I can't argue that. All right. Number 14 is a Craig and Britt fave. <laughs> That's true. If we ever had a Fignuts Hall of Fame, <laughs> the f- initial class <laughs> would contain a minimum of... Uh, there's someone I'm forgetting. Byron. There's got to be like five. Let's let's go Mount Rushmore on this. Four people, right? 
Mm-hmm. Robert Woods would have to be one of the four, right? He would have to be. We talk about him so much. I'm trying to think of who would round it out. Blake Bortles, obviously. Is the Blake, Bortles. Blake Bortles. Uh, Blake Byron Pringle. But Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles' bust on the Hall of Fame is so big, <laughs> you can't even see the other guys. It's like you walk in and you're like, oh my God, it's a gigantic head of Blake Bortles. And Deb just turned us off, but that's, hi Deb. But <laughs> she probably did. Yeah, Blake Bortles, Byron Pringle. <laughs> who else? Hmm. Who, what, what, what's, what's, what do we call the extension studio? I don't know. That's at your place. <laughs> Oh my God! Why am I drawing a blank at it? The, the, the your studio is the is the uh, Blake Bortles Blake Bortles Memorial mm-hmm. and my, oh Frank Gore. There you go. <laughs> They're done. <laughs> the There's Fig the four. Nuts, the Fig Nuts five year Hall of Fame would be Byron Pringle, Blake Bortles, Frank Gore, and Robert Woods. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's a good list. I like that list. Oh my God! And maybe Darren Waller, but he hasn't played long enough to get in there. But we got Bobby Trees at number fourteen, new quarterback, same system. You and I are still high on Robert Woods. Our other contributors were like, "What's wrong with you people?" <laughs> yeah. Do, that's do you much think what that happened. Stafford's gonna hook up with Woods? Uh, yeah. I mean, why not? His arm, as far as I know, his arm still works. So, listen, why not? veterans don't take long to get in sync. They don't, particularly when you have them from, from training camp on. Never forget, Antonio Brown stunk when he got to the the Bucks. Was it because Antonio Brown stunk? No, it's because Brady and him need to develop a rhythm, but they develop it faster because they're veterans. Mm-hmm. There's a set number of plays in the NFL, guys. 23 skidoo <laughs> in Tampa is the same as 23 skidoo in Denver. <laughs> Pretty much. A lot of those plays overlap. A lot of those cuts, a lot of those, oh my God, if the quarterback gets in trouble, here's what I'm going to do, are the same thing. It won't take long long for Woods and Stafford to get on the same page. Speaking of the most overrated uh, quarterback of all time, we have Mike Evans at number 15. Moving on. (laughs) We got C.D. Lamb at number 16. Cinch is big on C.D. Lamb this year, so we'll have to talk to him about what he thinks uh, he sees in C.D. Lamb. Then number 17, I can't believe we got all the way down without saying the words Julio Jones. But here we are at number 17, Julio Jones. Why why don't people just assume he's going to be the one? A.J. Brown, we have at eight, but Julio Jones at 17, I can't rectify it. Hmm. Because Tannehill's a different quarterback in than what he had in Atlanta. He definitely spreads the ball more than Matt Ryan does, yeah. Like, and I don't think, you know, Matt Ryan is... You're not surprised when Matt Ryan steps back and then launches the ball, like, 53 yards. Ryan Tannehill does that, but I don't think it's the norm. Not with the regularity. Right. And plus, again, look at their running game. I don't know how Julio Jones feels because he has been banged up a lot the last couple seasons, so, Yeah. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna say this right now. We have Julio at 17. Do not be shocked if he's top 10. I can't say. I'm not. Again, steel curtain, bro. Back off. <laughs> I did not just say Julio's a top 10 wide receiver, but don't be shocked if he is. If he adjusts faster, like we just said about Bobby Trees, veterans adapt to each other faster. 
and Tannehill and Julio are veterans. I still have about as much faith in Ryan Tannehill as I have in the lottery ticket that's hanging in the front of my <laughs> fridge. But there's always a chance. That's right. Number 18 is Cooper Cup. We must have decent feelings about um, about uh, the Rams because we have Cooper Cup and Robert Woods in the top 20. So I guess that's pretty telling. Yeah. Number yep. 19 is Tyler Lockett. Remember when Tyler Lockett was highly ranked? I do. I remember that. Yeah. Feels like a long time ago. It does. Number 20 is Chris Godwin. Uh, so rounding out our 10, our, our, our 11 through 20, we got Michael Thomas at 11, but take it with a grain of salt. That was pre-injury news. 12, Amari Cooper. 13, Terry McLaurin. Robert Woods. Then Mike Evans comes in at 15. C.D. Lamb is at 16. Julio Jones at 17. Cooper Cup at 18. And Tyler Lockett at 19. And then Chris Godwin finishes out the top 20. Now, what's interesting to me, really quick, because I know we're already running out of time. There's a couple of one-two combos in this top 20. Hmm. You've got both Dallas receivers. You've got both Tampa receivers. You've got oh, both true. of the Rams receivers. Right? Do I miss anybody? Uh, The Titans. Did I not say Titans? I don't remember you saying Titans. Titans, Rams, and Cowboys. Yep. So three three different teams have two of the top 20 fantasy receivers. If you had to target one of them as a team, so you had to take both. Okay. Rams, Cowboys, mm, or Bucks? I'm taking the Rams. Why? Uh, because those receivers are already are established there and they're getting a veteran quarterback who is not afraid to throw the ball. I mean, he, he throws for what? Probably 4,000 yards, 4,000 yards a interceptions. week. <laughs> yeah. And 50 interceptions. Yeah. Right. That's the thing. He has no problem chucking the ball. I'm with you. Well, the Bucks have had Brady for a year. This familiarity. They didn't seem to have a problem with familiarity in year one. Again, veteran quarterback coming in. You can make noise right away. Never forget. This is a, we learned this. This is not news. In 1994, Joe Montana took the Chiefs in his first year to the AFC Championship. They did, or he did. Yeah. This is not news that a veteran quarterback can get into sync with a team really fast. Stafford can do it. Well, Stafford hasn't won anything in his entire life. Granted. Near the Ryan Tannehill. He walked into the <laughs> Titans and took him to the AFC Championship. Exactly. <laughs> and they didn't even start the whole season because they had to let Mariota <laughs> fail first. Remember that? Whatever happened to him? He's in he's in uh, Vegas. Oh, that's right. That's At least right. that's the last I heard of him. Hmm. All right, so 30 seconds as we're <laughs> running out check. of time for the Marcus Mariota weekly update. <laughs> Where is See. Marcus Mariota? He's uh, in he's in Vegas. All right. My God, he cut his hair. Oh, my God, he looks completely different. Is that really Marcus Mariota? Yeah, that's him now or last year, maybe. Man, he looks like a completely different dude. Man, was he bad. <laughs> he had a. All right, we got to we got to get moving because we're, we're, we're way past overtime. Number 21, we've got DJ Moore. I like DJ Moore this year, but we'll see what happens. Number 22 is Adam Thielen, because, yes, there is still another wide receiver 
it is ironic to me because if you look at the depth chart, Justin Jefferson's, I think, technically the number two behind Thielen. All of us think that Jefferson's going to be better than Thielen <laughs> this year. Jamar Chase, uh, we have at number 23. Why? Because Craig willed it so. Craig manipulated the numbers to make sure that Jamar Chase was on this list. That's right. That's right. Number 24 is Deontay Johnson. Why? Because Sean thinks Deontay Johnson's going to have a breakout year or a comeback year. Number 26, or number 25, rather, is Kenny Galladay because he still plays. Number 26 is Michael Gallup. Why? You'll have to ask Cinch during the roundtable because I have no clue why Michael Gallup is on this list or why he's ahead of Juju Smith-Schuster at number 27, DJ Shark at number 28, T. Higgins at 29, or Brandon Ayuk at number 30. Craig, before we get to final thoughts, I just ran through a ton of names. You did. I'm going to give you these, these bottom, like, six guys. Deontay Johnson, okay. Kenny Galladay, Michael Gallup, Juju Smith-Schuster, DJ Shark, do 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 T. Higgins, <laughs> and Brandon Ayuk. You got to take two of them. Ooh. Who do you get? <clears throat> Where's Michael Gallup now? In the NFL. Somewhere. Uh, all right, so I'm going to take... That, I'll look it up. All right, so I'm going to take I, I, Higgins. I don't even know. I'm not even confident that he's still... <laughs> In Dallas. He is. He is. Okay. All right. But that's how bad I think Michael Gallup is. Why is he on this list? Because Cinch ranked him. There you go. All right. Cinch, you're going to have to answer that. All right. So there it is. Six guys. Deontay Johnson, Galladay, Gallup, Schuster, Shark, Higgins, or Ayuk. You have to take um, two. I'm going to take T and Brandon. Okay. The T Higgins makes sense because obviously you're, as you're as a uh, Bengals fan. But why Brandon? Brandon, I think the 49ers are going to have a decent year based on their ease of schedule. For so me, I think that's it's gonna Shark help a lot. and Higgins. All right. It's Shark and Higgins for me. Sam Darnold is going to be thrown. We talk about the only difference between Matt Stafford and Sam Darnold is about six years of age. <laughs> that's it. They are both guys that sit there and say, whatever happens is play. I'm throwing the ball. And that's sure. all they do. And I think DJ Shark is gonna um, gonna uh, uh, benefit from that. Now I'm gonna put this out there now because I recently found out that our, our contributor Sean is listening now every week. He is in full prep <laughs> mode, and he is listening to everything we say. He doesn't always agree with what we say, but he's listening. True. I'm gonna be. We typically, particularly when he he's moving right now, when he sells into a new place, there's probably gonna be a few football Sundays that at, at least I end up over at his house. I'd probably say most football Sundays I end up in his living room. Mm -hmm. I'm warning you now, Sean, if every time DJ shark catches a touchdown, you sing the baby shark song, I will punch you <laughs> because that is what he tends to do. And now he's got me doing it. He'll sit there. They'll put up a highlight DJ shark catching like a 60 yard bomb. He'll go DJ shark. Do, 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 do. I will punch you in the face. <laughs> Don't do it. It's funny. The first two or three times. And then after that, I just want to, then it's punch over. You. It's just done. It's over. All right, real quick, our top 30. We have Tyree Kill at number one, Devontae Adams at number two, and Stefan Diggs at three. Then we have DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, and Justin Jefferson. Number seven is DK Metcalf. Number eight is A.J. Brown. Number nine is Keenan Allen. Number 10 is Allen Robinson. We had Michael Thomas at 11. Can't really tell you where to put him now. We have Amari Cooper at 12, Terry McLaurin, then Robert Woods, and then Mike Evans at 15. 
Number 16 is C.D. Lamb. Number 17 is Julio Jones. 18 is Cooper Cup, followed by Tyler Lockett and Chris Godwin at number 20. D.J. Moore, then Adam Thielen, then Jamar Chase comes in at number 23. Deontay Johnson, Kenny Galladay, Michael Gallup, Juju Smith-Schuster, D.J. Shark, T. Higgins, and Brandon Ayuk round out the top 30. Craig, final thoughts. Our wide receiver conversation is always the most in-depth of the entire year, and yet I still spent like 10 minutes talking about Keith Jackson, so I'm sorry. (laughs) It happens. What's your final thought for this week? We will spend, I promise, we will spend a ton of time on wide receivers in the roundtable, which is really where it matters, because then all four of us are in the room yelling at each other. But Craig, let's go to final thoughts now. What's your final thought this week? Uh, my final thoughts regarding receivers is that I think receivers are the deepest position this year. So if you don't get the first two or three guys that you you know had giant spotlights on, don't freak out and pick like a random person that you really weren't looking at. And you know, so just kind of let the draft come to you when it involves receivers. And we said the same thing last year. As you may recall, we said the exact same thing last year. And you know what? We were fucking right then, too. Mm-hmm. Wide receiver people. Oh, I got to get Tyreek Hill. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draft Tyreek Hill in the second round so I compare him with uh, Patrick Mahomes in round three. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. In the Scott Fishbowl, we went Mahomes, Adams, and then somebody else. And round four, we picked up Devontae. I'm sorry, not Adams. We went with uh, Mahomes, Rodgers. I think in round four, we picked up Devontae Adams. Uh, yes, pretty sure. And, and we grabbed him because he was there. Don't overthink. Wide receiver is one of the few areas you can afford to wait. The cliffs are less severe than they are at every other position. Mm-hmm. The only position in fantasy football that's deeper than whiteout, and this is never, in, I, I'll be bold in saying this, is never not going to be the case, is quarterback. There's always quarterbacks because of the systems are always going to be deeper. There is very little difference between the number 10 and number 15 quarterback. There's very little difference between Matt Stafford and Kirk Cousins. But there's a huge difference between Allen Robinson and Mike Evans. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I just... <laughs> maybe I just maybe I just disproved my own theory, but I am totally with Craig on that. I am waiting on whiteout. I it, particularly if you're in a super flex. Oh yeah, don't then you have to? Don't reach up. Don't reach up for Keenan Allen and AJ Brown when you're staring at a starting quarterback that might be a top fifteen contender. Don't do it. But you know what you should do? You should leave us a review wherever you listen to us on Apple. On, uh, we're now on Audible. Welcome to the Audible family. We're thrilled to be happy, and we're thrilled to be happy. <laughs> we I'm, are I'm thrilled to drinking. be happy. We're thrilled to be here with Audible, Player FM, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to us. Please leave us a review. Let us know what you think. We're always looking to improve and get some feedback. Hey, you don't want to leave us a review? Reach out to us, FignutsDFS at gmail.com or at FignutsDFS on Twitter. We will be back next week for what is inarguably the biggest episode of the year. (laughs) Tight ends, kickers, and defense. This year, we're going to try to stretch the kicker analysis to longer than 30 seconds. We'll attempt that.
possible. Will attempt. <clears throat> if it, I think if you look back at previous years, 45 minutes of the episode is us talking about things we don't care about because <laughs> there's just so little to talk about. <clears throat> that is true. That is very true. And then after that, three weeks of roundtable discussion. We hope we are trying to get the schedule worked out. We have conflicts galore, but I really want to do it. We'll get at least two done, but I'm hoping for three. So, but we thank everyone for joining us. Thank you for your continued support. Like I said, please reach out. Please leave a review. We really do appreciate it. We will be back for the multi-positional extravaganza (laughs) next week. I know, really. Bated breath, everybody. If you're new to this podcast, you have not lived until you've experienced this episode. Why? Because it is boring as all hell. (laughs) If I sort by download number, it is easily the lowest of every season. Nobody gives a shit about tight end or kicker defense, but we do. We do. And we want to make sure you're prepared for your draft. So we are going to waste an entire hour. To make sure you're ready to draft a tight end, a kicker, and a defense. Until then, stay safe out there. My name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. (sighs) 